I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-minute parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-minute parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. Today, I wanted to talk to you about the not-so-social side of social media, especially as it plays out with children and young people, because a parent reached out to me in what they described as desperation. You know, it started, I'm reaching out in desperation about their 11-year-old and something that this parent had noticed on their 11-year-old's social media. Um, she had seen a chat thread, I suppose you'd call it, on, on her child's social media that showed her child saying cruel things. Um, this was with friends, really. You know, it was a chat between her child and, her, and the child's friends. And it showed not just her child, you know, it showed all of them saying cruel things to each other and about others, including celebrities and commenting on celebrities' photos by tagging each other and saying nasty things about the person in the photo. And this could be somebody that they knew and also celebrities. And this parent was contacting me filled with kind of, oh my goodness, this is my fault. I blame myself because I hadn't wanted to give my child a phone, um, but I caved under persistent pester power. And she asked me to talk about this topic on here, which I'm, you know, delighted to do. Um, and this is really about, you know, the role of social media at this age, you know, this kind of pre-adolescent coming out of middle childhood stage. You know, one of the things that we often talk about is that ideally we can start by delaying the point of access to social media for our children in middle childhood until maybe they're in adolescence or, you know what, for as long as is possible. And again, I'm not saying that in a way, well, you know, if you give them a phone or social media younger, you're wrong. It's wrong. That's not what I mean at all. But I just think that the middle childhood brain is still Frankly, it's just still far too immature to manage social media in a healthy way with sensible boundaries. And look, as I say that, I'm aware that it's, you know, we can't generalize because you'll get some 11 and 12 year olds who handle it just fine. And you might be listening, go, no, my kid manages it fine. Great. But you'll also get, you know, plenty of them who don't. And, you know, just to kind of qualify that by also adding, you know, there are plenty of examples of adults who struggle to use social media in a healthy way. So this, again, isn't exclusive to teenagers or to young children, you know, but it does stand to reason that given so many of us adults struggle, of course, our young and neurologically still developing children will struggle to regulate themselves online or to perhaps to modulate the impact social media has on their everyday real lives. Um, I think about this parent and the example cited here about, you know, saying things, even about celebrities. And often children will tell us, oh, yeah, but I mean, I don't know them. They're not real because it can be easy to forget that celebrities are real people. It can be easy to forget that the person, even if we know them, who we've just written a comment about or tagged our friend like we're having some private conversation that's actually public, that that conversation can be read by the person we're talking about. And that person's going to have an emotional response that, you know, we are at least in part responsible for. So I really think that this is something that many children at this age can struggle with because middle childhood is a time when 
developmentally speaking, our children have these key egocentric motivations. You know, they want to be popular and to be liked by their peers. And this can correlate to a need to gather huge numbers of followers or, you know, huge numbers of likes or endorsements, whatever it is, online, leading them to say maybe yes to anyone who wants to follow them just to build up numbers, but also leading them to say and do things that you don't think they would say or do in real life, but they seem to think it doesn't doesn't matter or it's somehow not real if they do it online. They can also be susceptible to, you know, the intense attention a stranger might afford them online and that can leave them vulnerable to compromising their own boundaries in order to, you know, maybe they think I'm just drawing on things kids have said to me here, you know, I, I really didn't want to offend that person because now that even though I don't know them in the real world, you know, we're friends, we're friends online and I don't want to offend them. So I maybe compromise my own boundaries or I did send a photo I shouldn't have said or I did say something I shouldn't have said or I shared information that's personal personal that I shouldn't have shared, you know, it, basically it can lead to all kinds of reckless online sharing and behaviors that are less than ideal, you know, and again, I just want to keep those numbers. I don't want anyone to unfollow me. Their, their focus also at this age is on the self, you know, their clothes, style and interests. And you can see this high emotional charge on the physical body that leaves them vulnerable to feelings of not quite measuring up, you know, to the ideals perpetuated by the people, especially celebrities and influencers online. So I can really struggle with that and it can make me or at least contribute towards me feeling badly about myself. Social media makes celebrities suddenly very accessible. You know, we can see their intimate family and personal life photos. We can even directly communicate with them. You know, the excitement if they happen to comment or message us back. But being so directly accessible makes them very real and relatable, except, of course, they're not. And it's very difficult for the middle childhood brain to understand all of the filters, how many photos were taken before this one was selected and how contrived all online content actually is and see it for what it is. And because, you know, this is a phase of development that is so subsumed with that developing sense of self and establishing myself as different from you and, you know, other than you, and I really want to have my own identity and own things. They experiment with identity. They're unsure, they're uncertain, and they oscillate wildly between one emotional state and another, basically while they're seeking to work out what fits me. You know, where do I feel comfortable? What makes me feel good about myself and who makes me feel good about myself? And this quest for independence is complicated, isn't it? Just, you know, if you're parenting a child this age, you know exactly what I mean. It's it's the changeable behavior that further complicates it because it seems like they're, you know, they're looking for, hey, give me more space, give me more independence. But then what we see in some of their overt behavior and actions is they're actually regressing rather than surging forward. So we can get that mixed message as a parent going, I know you want a phone. I know you want social media. You're saying all your friends has. You're telling me you're old enough. But then when I give it to you, I can see all this regressed behavior and stuff that I didn't expect to see from you and I haven't seen before. Um, you know, also as a parent, we're moving out of the secure stage of knowing my child would never do that. 
You know, you know those words you say to yourself and suddenly we're cringing with the realization of, I can't believe my child did that. Um, our children are impulsive, they're unpredictable, and yet we're the ones who have to strive to be calm and to be consistent. You know, the brain, the the 11, 12-year-old brain is in this kind of phase of reorganization and is really starting to rewire itself for high impulsivity and risk-taking and poor judgment that we see, you know, in early to mid-adolescence. So while they're not there yet, they are getting ready for it. Um, it's a time when opening up a world of social media and all that social media can bring with it can actually be dangerous because it's unpredictable, both the social media and how it will affect our children or how they will engage with it. Um, I also think, you know, coming back to what this parent was saying, that it's a time when our children will endlessly nag us, you know, go on and on and on and seek to wear down our resolve to give them access to that world of social media and how big and wide it is. And you know what? Pester power is called pester power because it works. It's effective because it's going to slowly begin to make us question our stance on the topic, the more that they're asserting everybody else is doing it. I'm the only one who's not on this. And we're thinking, you know, we'll give them access that via, you know, I don't know, your old handset, your old handset at home that doesn't have a SIM card. You know, it only works with Wi-Fi in the house and we're supervising them. And that's all true. That's all valid. But regardless of the validity, the social media world that we're opening up to our children is something that we, we are still taking a gamble on and we're just hoping that they're ready for it. Okay, and I just, you know, I'm aware at this stage, you know, I sound really foreboding and there are reasons for my caution. One is the facts about brain development and high impulsivity and that social media simply wasn't developed with children of this age and stage of development in mind. Social media is designed for entertainment. There's no real learning value to it. I mean, there might be learning on the internet, but not specifically on social media um, and certainly not learning that, you know, you couldn't better achieve offline or at least equally achieve offline, um, you know, in a book or, you know, in relation or conversation with you that you could basically do it elsewhere. And add to this what we know about the algorithms of social media platforms and how they use those in exchange with others and how the younger they get access to our children, the more detailed the digital profile they build and the more specific the content driven at your child becomes. You know, we know this to be true. So while I do sound foreboding, those are my reasons for it. I'm also aware, you know, and again, in my work, I probably see many of the worst case scenarios. So again, I, I don't mean this in a generalized way. There will always be children who manage all of this fine, and there will always be children who struggle with it. But your child's impulsive nature at this stage, combined with the compulsivity that social media elicits from many of us. I mean, if you don't think so, start checking your social media platform usage stats on your phone wellness apps, and that can be quite a humbling experience. Or you think you're going to check your social media for five minutes and an hour and a half later, you're pulling yourself out wondering where did the afternoon go? I mean, we're all susceptible to this and we're adults, but it can also mean that children this age will especially struggle to regulate the time that they spend online. And with that kind of extensive and prolonged on online time comes an impact 
on the all-important peer relationships that develop at that age. And this is what this parent was seeing. You know, this was something that not just her child, but her child and friends were saying to each other, about each other, to others, about others. It was all of them together. Um, and they have to learn those all-important social skills that can only be learned intersubjectively, you know, in real life with another person before they can manage all of that stuff online. So I'm going to share some... Uh, tips. And again, these are suggestions. Feel free to disregard them or edit and modify them as they apply to your child best um, in terms of how you can manage this phase, this phase of development as best you can. Basically, I'm going to suggest a gradual introduction to these types of social media platforms, regardless of the age that you grant access. So don't go from nothing, nothing, nothing to absolute free reign because you're suddenly a certain age. But, you know, grant access via your handset in your presence for a limited period of time and observe the impact this has on your child's behavior, emotional state, you know, how easy or difficult for them is it to surrender the device or come off the platform when you say so. Consider opening a family social media account that you can all share access to and you can see how and what your child posts and how and what they do to respond to others on that shared account. That's not going to be exactly what they would do when they have their own account. You know, let's not be naive, but it gives you a flavor of that and you're also gradually introducing them to that world. Of course, you can follow their accounts. Um, and when you do grant access to social media, ensure that it is on the basis that you are one of their friends or followers. Now, again, don't be naive about this one either. As children get older, they can get very smart and clever at opening second accounts that you might not be following and they leave one account that you are. But you can also do things like, especially when you're in the introduction phase, because in teenage years, as I've said on here before, they definitely do need increased privacy. But at this age, you could only allow access on a large screen, such as a desktop or laptop that's in a family room, rather than on small handheld personal devices. And this ensures openness in that you can float around the space, you know, without hovering, Try not to pry, but just be a visible presence. And it keeps your child more connected and grounded in the real world with you while they're online. And make digital access contingent on two real life factors, okay? One is they must spend 15 minutes a day with you and they must be spending time with their friends in real life once or twice a week outside school. This can be at a shared activity or, you know, time spent in one another's homes or simply heading off for a walk together or a meeting in a public park. And we know that teenagers and pre-teenagers, pre-adolescents who have strong, healthy relationships with their family members and friends do best throughout adolescence as they negotiate everything that comes their way. So this is actually a really important factor in embarking on the social media journey, but it's also something that will pay emotional dividends as they go right through adolescence. This is you know, this is about you controlling social media rather than social media controlling your relationship with your child. And there are definitely pro-social benefits to online life and to social media. You know, I have social media accounts. I, my foreboding doesn't mean I don't participate because I do believe there are pro-social benefits to it. But those pro-social benefits can only be realized within a boundaried access system that is mindful of your child's development and respectful of family relationships and one that supports real life engagement and doesn't replace, doesn't replace it. We're, not, we're about supplementing, not substituting. And I think it's really important that we talk about how this enhances sociability rather than, you know, bypasses it or short circuits it. So 
maybe this is about just considering this. If this is something you're coming up to, that you're beginning to hear the requests slash demands to get on social media, make sure that you're approaching it in a controlled and mindful way. And I hope that this has gone some way to giving you, you know, food for thought um, as you approach that and structure it. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15-minute parenting.